Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We go to the hotline, and we will talk to Ryan Lilja, former Kansas City Chief and Indianapolis Colt, uh, a Super Bowl winner. Ryan, how are you? I'm outstanding, fellas. How's it going? Hey, we're doing really well. You uh, are from Kansas City. You went to Shawnee Mission Northwest. You went to Kansas State. You played here uh, with the Kansas City Chiefs. Do you still have quite a few ties to, to this area? Uh, you know what? Yeah, I'm actually, my wife and I are both in Kansas City, and uh, so it was cool to be able to kind of finish my career here at home. Um, like you said, went to K-State. I'm I'm a member of Flint Hills National, so I make it down to Wichita every chance I get. Um, so, yeah, this is home. That's funny. I wonder where we met. But <laughs> I, I told the guys I wasn't going to tell them, so we'll just keep that between you and I. Oh, I blew it. <laughs> <laughs> Bad. Ryan, uh, just kind of curious, your thoughts on uh, the Chiefs' season, obviously, and then on uh, playing against San Francisco in the uh, Super Bowl. How do you see this game turning out? Offensive battle, defensive battle. What's your expertise and your opinion you know, on this? It's uh, it's it's tough to tell. Uh, to be quite honest, I picked them to lose the last three uh, playoff games, so it's been a weird season. I thought this team kind of underperformed. Uh, expectations were high, obviously, winning the Super Bowl last year. I thought they had the pieces in place to come back and repeat. Uh, but th- it was an ugly season. I don't know how much of the Chiefs you guys watch, maybe all of it. But, um, you know, it was a frustrating season from a fan standpoint. You know, the latter half of the season, you know, there was it was pretty unwatchable, um, you know, uh, especially for kind of a, an Andy Reid era, Patrick Mahomes team. Uh, they just they didn't have an identity. Uh, obviously, the drop passes, but uh, they could never stay in phase. They made stupid mistakes. It seemed like it, it seemed to me like they were kind of undisciplined a lot of this season. And I kind of chalked it up to them just being kind of fat and happy and kind of spoiled with with their success. And um, lo and behold, they kind of flipped a switch in the playoffs. And you know they've been playing their best football. So I don't think anybody has played better better football than the Chiefs in the postseason offense, defense, special teams. I think they're playing discipline. They're not making mistakes. Um, they're not dropping passes. They're not making penalties. Um, guys are stepping up for injured guys. And right now, to me, they're healthy uh, for the most part. You're, you're, you're missing Tooney, obviously, who's a who's total stud. He's all pro, but I think he's still actually underrated. Um, but I like his backup. But other than him, um, you know they're 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 the hottest team in football right now. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make this mistake four times in a row and pick up pick them to lose. So I think it's gonna be a tough game. I like Mike Shanahan and 
you know, I watched a little bit of the Niners and they all, they always have a stout defense and they've got a really good running game. So if the Chiefs kind of could figure out how to stop the stop the run, you know, the, the defense to me has been the story all year and Spags and, and that unit um, has just, you know, they've been top five all season. So for, for, for this team, you know, usually they win games with Patrick Mahomes and explosive offense and AR. And this season it was, it was all defense. Ryan Lilja, our guest, former offensive lineman in the NFL, played 111 career games, 45 of those coming with the Chiefs uh, between 2010 and 2012. So you said uh, something interesting there, Ryan, about uh, flipping a switch. And I kind of developed a theory uh, that the Chiefs kind of do slog maybe through the regular season at this point because they're so good and, and they know what it takes to win in the postseason they knew what it took to win against Cincinnati late in the season to clinch the division, barely pulled that one out. It wasn't always pretty, but it seems like uh, they just know what to do to win. So I'm not saying can you take games off or can you, can you kind of just uh, slow your way through the season, but is there anything to that? Can you, can, can you flip a switch? I never thought you could, actually. I thought it was, uh, it, it was always kind of common knowledge that that was impossible. This team – this team obviously has uh, tools. You got the, you know, you got a generational guy playing quarterback. Um, you know, you've got Kelsey. You've got a, you've got a great interior of your offensive line. Your defense has been consistently kind of top five, top ten, all year. But uh, no, I just kind of always thought that it was it was impossible to do that. Uh, that Christmas Day game against Oakland was was uh, that was tough to watch. You know, and you don't see many games where where Mahomes loses the ball game and that one, you know, they just, they didn't look like they were on the same page. So apparently it could be done, but this is the only time I've ever heard of it happening. And, you know, they just got to keep it going for, for a few more days, I guess. Ryan, as a, uh, as a lineman, just kind of curious on the difference it is for say somebody like Mahomes who can scramble, get out of the pocket. And obviously, uh, you had a guy in Peyton Manning back there. What's the difference for a lineman in that situation? Yeah, um, that's a good question. You, man. You know, wh which one do you prefer? I guess that's probably a better question. You, you know, uh, obviously you prefer a guy who is nimble on his feet and can make plays outside the pocket if need be. Sometimes I think Mahomes has kind of developed this uh, ability that he's, he's almost better or more comfortable when he's outside of the pocket, uh, kind of like uh, Aaron Rodgers or Favre used to be. But you know, Peyton was a tree. I mean, he was just, he was just a statue back there. So he always knew where he was. Uh, he he understood the, the the pocket very well, and 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 the integrity of the pocket, and where to where to move around with subtle movements. You know, he'd drop back and he'd kind of let those tackles push their the edge guys up the field. But he could always step up inside because you had that firm. You know, our job was to kind of keep the middle of the pocket firm. Um, the Chiefs do that as well. But sometimes, you know, Mahomes just plays jazz back there. He's you know he doesn't. He doesn't have an extremely disciplined pocket presence, and he certainly didn't this season. Um, that's been one of the things watching uh, this season that he's done really well. That that um, you know you forget, uh, you know, you, you, I almost thought he lost that ability, right? But uh, he was comfortable in the pocket, and uh, you know they didn't give up a, a sack. I don't think until the AFC Championship game in the postseason, and not many pressures, and the tackles kind of did their jobs and. Um, so yeah, he, he, at the beginning of his career, I didn't feel like he was ever going to win a game, uh, for the chiefs with his feet, but that's something he's, he must've been working on because his ability to do that and scramble and kind of 
you know, have that spacing and vision down the field to get those those tough yards. You know, that, that's where that's where he kind of works his magic. Ryan Lilja, our guest, uh, played for the Indianapolis Colts, won a Super Bowl with them in, in 2007, the 2006 season. So, Ryan, you did play in and win uh, that Super Bowl with Indianapolis. And, you know, they're in, they're in uh, Las Vegas now, and, and everybody talks about eliminating distractions. And uh, you were in Miami where there all, also are plenty of distractions. How do you eliminate those, if at all possible? Is distraction – that's a word that gets overused to me – how how much of how much of a factor is distractions throughout the course of an NFL season, and and just what was that uh, couple weeks like for you? Yeah, you know you, th- that's something you try to eliminate, obviously, as much as you can through routine. Um, and, and you know, football players are like probably everybody else; we're creatures creatures of habit. Um, so you try to maintain that structure and that r- that routine of your practice schedule. The whole thing is a distraction, right? You have two weeks. Uh, you start out, and it's, it's uh, okay, you know, you're talking about who's coming down, how many tickets do you need, how many hotel rooms, flights, what's, you know. Um, so it's, uh, it's, there's a lot going on this week, and then once you get on property, uh, you try to mimic that regular work week as much as you can, but you're in a new facility. You're, not, you're all staying on the same floor of some hotel in basically a resort town. You're driving, you know, you're driving uh, courtesy Cadillacs around. You've got everybody wants to call you, and everybody wants to have dinner, and everybody wants to, to hang out. There's parties everywhere you look, um, you know. So you try to you try to avoid those as best you can. It's hard to the, the you know the, the the reality is is that the whole week is a distraction, and but both teams have to deal with it pretty much equally. Um, but you factor in, you know, you, you factor in some of the some of the other drama that's happened with the Chiefs this season, and lately, um, those are things that you know he's got, they got great leadership. They've been here before, um, you know, and, and they're going to have to do their best to tune those things out, stay focused, um, and I think they can, right? Because I mean, the, the postseason they, they they showed that they have another gear and and a level of of discipline that that I didn't I thought they might have lost. Ryan, uh, I'd like to go back a little bit. Obviously, you know, you, you went to Coffeeville for a couple of years and went to K-State and then ended up signed as a free agent. Can you just walk us through how how you, that all occurred and obviously how you ended up in K-State and then what happened with the Chiefs before you ultimately got waived and then the next day you got picked up by Indy? Yeah, no, that you just that's a, that, a lot happened there. Um, I actually got kicked off my high school team as a senior Um and I was kind of marginally uh, recruited. You know, I was recruited by D1 schools. I wanted to go to K State all along. That was that was my dream. Um, but I was six foot two and a half. Um, I, I wasn't one of these freaks, so I never got an offer. Um, and my, my options were basically a walk on, or go play. You know, a lower level of football, or try the junior college route. And that's that's what I did. Went to Coffeeville for three semesters. Played two seasons there. Uh, tried to get better, played tackle, knew I wasn't going to be a tackle um, at the Division One level, but went to K-State and only started a year there. It was, it was, it was a great year. I was, um, I, I, you know, I thought that was it for my career, to be honest with you. Um, we had a great, great season, won the Big 12, blocked for Darren Sproles. You guys remember him. He was a year behind me there. And, um, and then I thought, you know, maybe I could fool a team for a year or two and just, you know, maybe <laughs> just get in the door somewhere. And, and, and I had some opportunities on draft day. 
Um, and the Chiefs were one of them. There was about five or six teams that wanted to sign me as, a, as an undrafted free agent. And, and I, you know, I had no illusions that I was going to make the, make any of these teams. And I thought, well, Kansas City is my hometown. I can live at home if I get, you know, they had the best offensive line um, in the game, in my opinion, in, in, in the modern era. And um, I thought maybe I could learn from those guys, Casey Wigman and Will Shields and Brian Waters, Willie Roke. And, um so that's kind of that's kind of how that deal worked. I, I ended up, you know, it's a weird thing, dude, because, you know, my agent was looking at all the depth charts and he was looking at what teams I could project to play for size-wise, my ability-wise. Chiefs weren't one of them. Um, yeah, you got Hall of Famers on that offensive line, multiple Hall of Famers. But, but what we didn't take into account is that those guys were old and older and they didn't want to go through training camps. So if you were a backup to those guys, you got a lot of film, man. And I was playing with Trent Green and Priest Holmes and, Tony G and um, Eddie Kennison and some of these studs that I grew up watching um, and because, you know, nobody – Will Smith – or excuse me, Will Shields and Brian Waters did not need to, to play in the preseason. They were, they were planning on playing in, up until February, right? And um, so that was kind of my saving grace. I got some good film. I played, I played well enough to get claimed on the active roster by the Colts. Um, but, yeah, so I was on the, I was on the stadium – wearing a penny going through a walkthrough with the chiefs and, and the director of player personnel comes out. He goes, well, it's impossible. Just happened. You got claimed by the Indianapolis Colts. Go pack your locker, locker up. You're on a flight up to Indy tonight. And so my head was spinning and I was there for six years with that group and, and, you know, was just blessed to be there. And, and uh, a lot of continuity with that team, won a ton of games and um, was lucky enough to, to play in a couple Super Bowls. And uh, yeah, it was just a blast, man. Ryan Lilja uh, with us, uh, eight-year uh, NFL player with Kansas City and, and, and Indianapolis. So uh, you blocked for Peyton Manning, obviously saw him firsthand. Uh, what do you see when you look at Patrick Mahomes, the similarities, the differences? Uh, obviously, maybe two of the three or four all-time greatest quarterbacks to ever do it. So uh, how do you compare and contrast them? apples and oranges uh you know uh, again Peyton I think he was listed at 6'5 in the media guide he's actually 6'6 um he, he is a statue back there in the pocket he was uh his his best ability was his preparation and um you know his knowledge and, and wisdom of the game um and he he worked at it right it was it was um timing and and kind of chemistry with his his receivers and again that continuity played into that right because you have the same guys around you kind of get used to it our offense was was an up-tempo no huddle offense so you know it's a ton of communication at the line of scrimmage um kind of take what they give you kind of deal the chiefs you know mahomes um not that he doesn't have that ability to drop back and, and throw from the pocket he, he does it as well as anybody probably ever has but he brings another element to it i mean i think uh i think just you know, you know when he came out i asked a buddy of mine who's a scout i said you know tell me about this guy from texas tech who the chiefs drafted he just kind of shook his head and just said, "Freaky arm talent." And I think you know we, we've seen we've seen that throughout his career here, what he can do with the football, um, his accuracy, and uh, you know he um, it, it's this, that's kind of where the similarities go away. I don't know how much uh, preparation goes into Patrick's game. I imagine it's a ton as well. Um, Peyton was a Peyton was a film geek. Uh, he could reference plays and games and. Uh, and uh, different situations from from a decade prior, no problem. And his his recall with football was off the charts. You know, Mahomes just strikes me as a guy who's just got super duper talent. 
um, and he's a super duper competitor, right? That's one thing I think they both would, would have in common um, on their their Venn diagram is just absolute total competitors, will to win, um, and leaders as well, right? I mean, they were, you know, Pey- Peyton was obviously uh, he was he was one of the be- best leaders I've ever been around, and and from following Mahomes and this team, and you know, losing losing Tyree Kill, who was such a uh, you know explosive weapon. And then turn around, winning the Super Bowl. I just think uh, I'll, I'll, I don't think I'll ever doubt his his team again after this last three three stretch of games. Little, I got to ask you about uh, the battles when you were in India against New England. Obviously, you got Peyton Manning and and Tom Brady in those games, and you know you got two guys that sit back there in the pocket. Neither one are going to beat a turtle in a ten foot race, but they can both mm-hmm. throw the ball. But how were those games uh, for just a being on? on the field playing with those two guys and, and, and how good, how good was Tom Brady? Yeah. Uh, you know, it was, it was always a battle and um, it always kind of felt like a chess match. Honestly, you didn't know, you know, go, playing new England was, I, I wasn't concerned with Tom Brady whatsoever, right? Their defense won them a lot of games and, and won them a lot of championships too, if you ask me. And you didn't know how they were going to play, right? Belichick, Belichick would throw curveballs at you every time. Um, so just little wrinkles in their pack, little packages. And, you know, they'd study you. They knew you better than they knew their own personnel, I'm, I'm sure. And um, and so, you know, it was always it was always nerve wracking going to those games because you didn't know, hey, are they going to stack the box and make us throw it? Are they going to pressure us? Are they going to are they going to let us run the ball and just play deep in coverage? I mean, and, and, and you saw it all. I was there for six years and I, I saw him do it every different way. And um, sometimes it worked and sometimes it didn't. But um it was it was always it was always a treat to be in that game, right? That was one of those games that you march your calendar and and you knew uh, you got to do your job and you try not to get wrapped up um, into the uh, you know into into the excitement of the game, really. But you kind of knew that you were watching watching a part of um, uh, NFL history every time you guys play every time we played them. So uh, it was it was a special time. And now now the Chiefs. You know, I think I saw somewhere, um, you know, on a talk show, somebody was debating, are the Chiefs a dynasty? Yeah, damn right they're a dynasty. And uh, and it's fun to be able to watch them as a fan with my kids, who are all diehard Chiefs fans, and, uh, you know, watch them kind of create their own dynasty, a lot like New England and Tom Brady did. Ryan, that's uh, really great stuff. Awesome analysis and insight uh, from your playing days and, and uh, the Chiefs game against the 49ers this weekend we really appreciate your time thanks so much thanks for having me guys see you a little bye how powerful is cox internet powerful enough to let your band members in vegas phoenix and rhode island jam like you're all in the same garage get cox internet powered by fiber with america's fastest download speeds it's internet built for tomorrow today Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. 
We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is Electrified Diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places.